0: With the new X series of scratch offs from the New York lottery, you can multiply your winnings up to 100 times. The X series from the New York lottery, it's a better way to multiply. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Please play responsibly. On this week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad, NFL Network analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland joins me to help break down everything you need to know about the NFL draft. Cynthia shares some prospects that could fit in Buffalo and what she would do with a 30th overall pick. Cynthia also shares how her Bills fandom began and why she may need to invest in a pair of snow pants. All that and more as Bills Pod Squad gets started right now. Welcome into this week's episode of Bills Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery. Maddie Glab, here is your host as we are so close to meeting our newest Buffalo Bills from the 2021 draft. It all begins Thursday night at 8 o'clock on ESPN, ABC, and NFL Network to help me break down preview the draft and explain how it all relates to the Buffalo Bills. I've got NFL Network analytics expert Cynthia Freeland on with us today. Cynthia, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I know this is like... Taking time as we count down the hours until the NFL draft begins. Everybody's like just like cramming all the info in their brain at this point, like osmosis to learn about all of these prospects. I'm like, let me just go to sleep next to like 20 pages of paper about these prospects and maybe I'll learn a little bit more.
1: You know, it's a good way to do it as a new Bills fan, because, you know, in the offseason, I obviously adopted Bills Mafia as my new team. I abandoned my hometown, my home state team because they're ridiculous. And now I'm a, I'm fully in Bills Mafia. So, you know, look, picking at 30, we got, you know, we got a a lot of time to wait. It's going to be a a long Thursday night.
0: You know what picking at 30. Yeah. It's going to be close to midnight. And I'm like you know, it would be the year where we're picking at 30 and we trade out of the first round and everybody's just like hanging out on the first night just to trade out of the first round to be one of the first picks on day two. But we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, so much can happen before number 30 with 29 picks going before you. I'm just excited to see how it all unfolds. I mean, There should be quite a few surprises in this NFL draft, but to start it off, I wanted to throw some rapid fire questions at you. I know you know these prospects very well, and so I would hope you educate some of our fans, listeners uh, on people who maybe won't be a part of the Buffalo Bills team in 2021, but some prospects and players to look out for in the NFL who could ball out in their rookie season. So based on the guys that you have studied, who is your best overall athlete?
1: Kyle Pitts. So he's a tight end out of Florida. To me, he's the most likely to become within three seasons an all pros. So highest probability of any position that includes the quarterback. So for me, all around Kyle Pitts special, probably the one that we talk about, like, you know, several, several, several years from now going to Canton, most likely.
0: I wonder how early he's going to go. He could go pretty early I mean definitely top 10 top seven probably so it'll be interesting to see where he goes I hope he doesn't go to a Miami Dolphins team because that would definitely up their offense and, and Bills fans just don't need that right now we just we, we, don't, another, need that. Yeah, we, don't, we don't need that, need as that. As Bills fans. yeah <laughs> we want another AFC's title you know we don't need that right now but who is the biggest surprise in this class you would say
1: Ooh, okay. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see. We're at maybe like, see, to me, biggest surprise, you should be like a guy like in the fifth round, but I'm gonna pick a sure. running back that's gonna be a surprise because everyone's talking about Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. I think Javante Williams, mm-hmm. who's a running back out of UNC, number one, every single scout that I've spoken to, when I ask like an informal server, like who's your favorite person to interview? Just like who did you get along with best? Literally everyone has said Javante Williams. So wow. it's been really interesting that they like him so much and they think he's just like got he's got the it factor. So for me, he might be one of those guys like you know, like Alvin Kamara. We like, we're like, we don't know what we're looking at here. You know, is he gonna be good or not? And then you're like all of a sudden you're like, yep, he's he's a stud. So Javante Williams, people seem to don't sleep on him.
0: A North Carolina guy, Javante Williams, he's got a, a he had a pretty good running backs coach that I knew from my time at the University of Tennessee. So would love to see how he does. We also have a former UNC running back on our Bills team, Antonio Williams, who did get some playing time this past year. He spent a lot of time on the practice squad, but it'll be cool to see him compete for a job in this training camp. But whose speed do you think will translate to the field most? in this year's draft
1: so I think that's interesting. This is a great question. So when I think speed, I either think corner or I think wide receiver and I think Jamar chase out of LSU, his actual, like when I measured it on the field after he's like a catch and run guy. So when you caught it, when he, when he burst after the yards, after the catch, his speed, there was the fastest that I measured in this whole class of the wide receivers. Now on the cornerback end, JC Horn is a nasty little, he's got really long arms and he's really speedy too. So between the two of them, it's going to be really interesting but you know i i'm just gonna go with i'll, I'll probably stick i'll probably keep it obviously now I'm second guessing myself because Jalen models <laughs> really fast too, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to say, Jamar. I'm going to stick with Jamar chase.
0: Jamar chase. Yeah. What a, what a threat he is. This class for, for wide receivers is just crazy she, again this year. Oh, oh my gosh. I feel like now, like every year it's going to be like, it's another great wide receiver class. All these crazy <laughs> wide receivers are just coming out of these, you know, power five schools. <laughs> Hey, colleges are throwing the
1: ball more so it's kind of supply and demand if they need more people to catch balls they're going to cultivate better wide receivers and we'll see that translate into our into our game at, at our level.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I mean, look at look at the Buffalo Bills. They had plenty of guys to throw to. Uh, they didn't necessarily need to draft one in the first round last year because we traded that pick away for Stefan Diggs, who, who completely Heard balled out. But you can't, you can't go wrong with a lot of wide receivers. You can't go wrong with playing at 10 personnel, 11 personnel with a quarterback who can just air it out and hit his targets. Who is your favorite prospect in this year's draft? That's probably a hard one, too.
1: That's a hard one because most seasons I'll go to the combine and I'll meet a few and like, Mm -hmm. I'm getting to the age now where I could like be their mom. So I feel (laughs) towards one of them, not quite there yet, but I'm getting closer to that. But when I watch film and I think someone who's kind of like an interesting one that seems to people seem to like, I, you know, it's gotta be that nice combination. Like, you know, I, I usually, like, I really loved Isaiah Simmons last year out of Clemson. He went to the Cardinals, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I like Greg Newsom. He's a corner mm. out of Northwestern. I, I went to Northwestern, so I not with him obviously because I'm. Ancient, <laughs> You're he, so young, uh, Cynthia. I couldn't be his mother yet. We're getting <laughs> there, though. but uh, I'm real. I think he um, to me watching him on film. He seems like. He seems like he's got a nice it factor it'd be cool to see him end up someplace like maybe the bears which like a sort of stay in chicago he can obviously play in the cold it just you know he's he's one that i that i i really like And i like saying the name quiddy pay a lot too who's in Edger, yeah. michigan but I, I don't know him i like watching his film of course but quiddy pay is fun to say same with aziz ojalary who could be mm-hmm. a pick for the bills both of those could be a pick
0: for the Bills. yeah aziz ojalary greg Newsom. i mean i'm 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 thinking defense here at- number 30 those guys could be great fits but will they be on the board who the heck knows I mean those are some great players that could fly off the board in the late 20s early 20s who do you think could contend for the offensive rookie of the year award
1: it's going to be between Kyle Pitts Jamar Chase I don't know obviously quarterback is an easy win here with Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, both presumable starters based on all the rumors we're hearing. You know, I, you don't know when you get to that, like Justin Fields, Trey Lance situation, it seems like they're going to drop, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo still is in the 49ers. So if whatever. So I guess at, at the end of the day, it's probably most likely to be Trevor Lawrence, but for me, I'd rather see like the pits or the, maybe even like a, you know, all these people, Devonte Smith, a wide receiver out of Alabama, have obviously won the Heisman trophy. He he's everyone's saying he's like too undersized and not blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I kind of would like to see him win it too, you know, just cause it's like, stop worrying about how like big he is. He, he's yes. gonna be
0: awesome. Don't worry about his hand size. <laughs> He'll catch the football. He'll, He'll be fine. fine. He,
1: we we've seen him do it. He's he's, he can do it. It's not like dunking a bat. It's not like trying to get me to dunk a basketball. It's never happening. Like maybe if you give me a trampoline, but, but uh, you know, we've seen him do it. He knows how to do it.
0: <laughs> I think you can do it too. Who do you think could contend for the defensive rookie of the year award?
1: So it'll depend a little bit about the, the defensive class is really interesting. It's not as deep as we've seen in other years. I do think that it will depend on kind of where people end up. I think Jalen Phillips, people are, you know, when you watch his film, he's out of Miami. He's an edge rusher. He's, he's up there. Quidi Pay could be up there. Quidi Pay's is a little raw. So it would depend on if he's in a system where he can succeed or not. But one of these corners could also be pretty gnarly, too. Like whoever ends up on the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a really young secondary. So if you get a guy who's a like real ball hawk and can, you know crush some interceptions. Like that could be an interesting one too, because usually you think of a, an edge rusher or a real, like a, someone who's that, that they're most likely to win. Yeah. Right. And we've seen that in that chase young, like we, right. we have those examples, the recency bias is kind of in like, kind of influencing us. So, you know, I guess to me, maybe this year, it could be a corner. It could be my favorite corner. And this one is Patrick Sertain. He's great, but you never know. It depends. It really depends where people end up. If they play zone, if they play man, you know, so you know, the, it's most likely to be an edge rusher, but so maybe Jalen Phillips or maybe dark horse, Patrick Sertain.
0: Yeah. That'll be also interesting to see because this edge rusher class is different than it has been in the past couple of years. I mean, like you said, chase young, but there is no chase young in this year's NFL draft. Like the edge rushers, like you have explained before, when we've had conversations, it's more of raw talent. Um, There is depth there, but it's kind of a roll your dice type of depth. Depending on how do you fit in the system? Can you be developed by the coaching staff, ETC? But we'll get into all of we'll get into all of that. But I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're an analytics person. So when it comes to doing prep for the NFL draft, how are you doing these evaluations? How are you kind of studying up about these prospects and putting it into your formulas um, to determine okay, these players fit here? Or um, here's what my draft looks
1: like so do it a little bit different because when i'm when i'm looking when i'm evaluating the players i take their resume so i take computer vision which measures things it kind of looks like a telestrator like circles and lines and it measures actual distances people are away from each other actual speeds what we've seen on the field configurations it i can factor in level of competition right because that it does matter who you're playing against and who also is on your team i mean Mac Jones had a way better situation having Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, that whole O line, et cetera, versus you know, Trey Lance, who had 17 starts and playing in a division where you don't know many of the other people who they're playing with and who he's playing with. So it's it's hard to de-dupe those things. But what you try to do is you take all of their known resume points that are measured from actual things. So it's it's not really my input, right? It's it's my measurements and everything we're measuring. We create the things to measure. Then you look at historical reference points. Who are they? Who's the lookalike? And not just the good lookalike. You always see people being like, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. No, nope, he's not. Like, you know, like that's not, it may be in the right fit, in the right system, and they're cultivating the right people. Maybe you can be more like Patrick Mahomes, but you have to look at what's going I mean, Bills fans know this like easily. Josh Allen, he had raw talent, but he had to have the right people around him, the right person teaching him and orchestrating the offense. And by the way, it took a little bit. It wasn't automatic in that first season. So you have to have the right set of circumstances. So what you're trying to do is you take what you know about the players. You take a historical reference and you find things that are lookalikes and then you place them in situations. It's going to be a really big problem for whomever plays quarterback for the jets. I don't care if it's a rookie or a vet or anyone. Their O line is. Terrifying. (laughs) I didn't know a better word. So I just use that. Look, uh, uh, so to so point being, that's going to be a much harder situation to succeed than in San Francisco, when, by the way, they've got one of the best left tackles, they re they got a, they signed a center who had played for the Falcons, who's very experienced and can help. And they've got a really strong run game. So going to help you out a lot there. And by the way, George Kittle, he's pretty good. Just, you know, just a thought. So at the end of the day, it's, it's system and fit. And then you try to take the resumes of the prospects and fit them where they are. So you can project out the, the, the results in 2021 and going forward.
0: I think that's so cool because it's like a full story. You're not just like looking at one or two things or honing in on just one thing and and making your decision based on X. You're looking at X, Y, Z, and everything that goes along with that. So I think that's so cool how you can put it in models and kind of figure out all right what's what's the best case scenario for this guy Um, what is his upside what do we think he's going to do in his rookie season where is he going to fit best I mean it all makes so much sense Um, I can't even imagine how much work that probably is but speaking about work and and everything that you've been studying and all the prospects that you've been learning about what are you going to be up to for the NFL draft I mean we're just a day away here a couple days away here it begins on Thursday so what's what's thursday friday and saturday gonna look like for you
1: so it's really cool so thursday i'll do total access which is after the draft so during the draft we sit and we watch it together socially distanced of course and in case the truck goes down or something happens then we'll be in the studio ready to go um i'm hosting we're doing the nfl just announced a partnership with clubhouse so we'll be doing like what like from behind the scenes we did yesterday on monday That was a long one. It was fun. Um, and then we'll be doing a clubhouse during it, like from the from the green room, which is pretty cool. Screening room, which is pretty cool. And then um TA total access after the draft to break down everything that happens. Um, same thing on Friday, the same, the same setup. And then Saturday, I'll actually be a part of the main broadcast, which is a really huge honor. And I'm pretty stoked. It's it's always fun on Saturday too, because that's the depth of the class, right? There's a there's Those aren't the names that everybody knows, right? Those aren't the ones where we've talked about and talked about and then talked about again. These are some, these are some deeper polls.
0: So you've been studying like the top 100 and then plus another one, 200 let's go. Keep going. Oh my gosh. Wow. 259
1: are going to be picked and you got to know about, about 300 because the way the end of the draft works, a lot of times certain positions, they'll just know that, team, you know, team picking behind you, they're not going to draft them. So it's better for, you know, they go undrafted and then they get signed like 15 minutes after the draft is over. So it's not just, you know, it's not just a 259 there. It's the, we got a lot more to know, but it's good. This is, is, I get paid to research fake things. It's amazing. Like it's, it's great, right? Like it's,
0: it's a, it's a whirlwind of a weekend and it is like, I mean, everybody works crazy hours that weekend, but it's so fun because, I think one of my favorite things is like watching these young men, their futures changing, like before the, like before your eyes in the blink of an eye, like they're on an NFL team and everything they've prepared for and done has finally paid off. And so many of these guys have like such cool background stories. And I just think that's such a cool part of all this too. But since you've been covering this NFL draft for some time, do you have any like crazy stories just from covering the draft in your days? You know, the
1: funny part is most, most of the stories I have come from, you know, I also were, I also get a chance to work with some teams and, you know, we do some, some consulting or some, you know, we, I, I help them create a structure to do their own analytics a little bit better to think through you, things. You
0: know, you're good at your job when you're helping teams <laughs> and with consulting.
1: It's fun. And sometimes in the, in the, you know, the, friday i think my sweet spot is like friday and early saturday because everyone you already know if a team doesn't know who they're picking in the first round and second round like that's they, they do they all know like if if they don't then that that's a that's a problem i've never met a team that doesn't know that so you know it's like the later round guys and like positional value like do we take the wide receiver or do we take the linebacker etc cetera, etc cetera. it's really interesting really interesting stuff so some of the more fun ones were um you know we we I get a chance to talk to these teams and you play little games about who's going to be successful or not. So, you know, we'll, like I, there was a O-line coach um, He's no longer coaching in the league. He retired. He was also a hall of famer and we would make bets as to which O-linemen were going to be good. And, you know, it, it was, you know, for, for snacks at the combine the next year. So, you know, those, those are always, those are always the most fun texts. It's like, this guy's going to be terrible or this guy's going <laughs> to be great. You're just laughing, reading Like you just like the old scouting, like the football guy, like take on all that stuff. It's really fun. So those are my favorite moments.
0: That's awesome. I love that. So this past year, I mean, you've been, you've been kind of talking about the bills a decent amount on social media, bills showing fan your now. love to the bills. I, I just want to know where this all started, where this fandom started for the, the fans, bills mafia and, and for this team that's on the rise with a pretty great scouting department and scouting staff and coaching staff.
1: So it started when I was at ESPN, my like favorite coworker and my first producer ever, his name's Eddie Marlette. He is the biggest Bills fan on the planet. He literally he actually just had a daughter, Maggie Marlette, very very sweet, and she's the world's Aww. littlest Bills fan at least for a few days, right? Like she's the, the the latest Bills fan. So Maggie Marlette. So Eddie Eddie was just always a huge Bills fan and I I was always like, you know, the only thing that Detroit has is I'm not from Detroit, from East Lansing, but you know, the Red Wings. So we would always have like, like talk about hockey and not, you know, we wouldn't talk on a certain night when they were playing each other and Jack Eichel. And we had this whole debate, but Eddie, Eddie's like the salt of the earth. Human being is like the quintessential bills fan, like the kindest human being on the planet, hard worker, just, he is just exactly who like you would, yeah, I don't know, like this he's just a great human. So that really was kind of the start, like way back. I don't know when I was at ESPN. And then I kind of evolved because Bill's fans are very vocal on Twitter, which pretty funny. Like I, I enjoy like the, I enjoy the banter. then I got a chance to talk to, um, your coach and your GM and the amount of love that they have for the city, the people, I mean, Brandon Bean's like one of the most thoughtful human beings like just really good people and then all of a sudden you things start to shift a little bit right like you're like oh like there's so much like they 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 love this quarterback they're putting you know like people who try to make their people better are who doesn't want to be like around that so you know eventually and you know this working in in this industry like people become more than the team. So it's really a lot of the people, not from the fans to like the coach to the GM, like they just care and they're just good people. So you want to be around like that goodness. You know, I've never, I've never met a, you know, I, I also went to Boston college. So you got some, some like Boston college people in that defense. So, you Stop know, it's, Matt Milano, exactly. So it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I really loved your, I love your corner. So it's, it's just been, it's just been kind of like evolving over time, but it's really all started because of Eddie Marlette
0: Wow. That's a great story. I love that. (laughs) And I totally agree that it's like, it's more the people than it is the name. Um, I grew up in Chicago and was born and raised to be a Chicago bears fan. I didn't choose where I was born and raised. And sometimes Bill's fans like get on my back and they're like, she's really a closet bears fan. And I'm like, I mean, no, it, it, changes so quickly because you get to know the people inside of the building and you get to know the the coaching staff and you get okay. to know Brandon and Sean and the players and their wives and their girlfriends. And like the people inside of One Bill's Drive are just so great that as soon as you start to know them and their stories and their background, I'm like, no, I'm I work for the Bills and I love the people inside of the building, so I'm gonna cheer for the Bills as well. I'm I not like come still to a tailgate. closet bears fan. And plus go through a table. Fan.
1: Let's go. Right? I'm in. And I love it. The
0: bears aren't, aren't good right now. So the, I, they've also got that going for them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I like, I was, I was, I was still like, I didn't really want Tyrod Taylor to go because I liked Tyrod Taylor. I mm-hmm. thought he was good. like, and I remember watching that playoff game where they like need someone else to lose. And everyone's like biting their nails, like so nervous. And oh, it was, it was just very sweet. Like I, I liked it. People who care, like Bills fans care. It's nice.
0: Yeah, the fan base is amazing. They are ride or die for this team. They work through the bad times. They are so excited that we're in the good times right now. And the fan base is like incredible when they are in person and in stadium. So I cannot wait for that this year. But Looking at the NFL draft and the opportunity that the Bills have in this draft, I mean, they have seven picks. They have number 30 in the first round. How do you look at at what they can do and accomplish in this NFL draft going in with not like huge holes on their roster? They filled all that in free agency so they can kind of go into this thing thinking, all right, where do we need to add depth and who's the best available? So how do you look at that?
1: depth best available and where can they take some smart like shots for the future like you should probably always be updating your defensive front just just probably like everyone should be every ideally if you have that luxury right so a little younger in each position so you have a nice blend of young and veteran together because that's actually a really good formula for success so you probably could fortify it o-line you probably could fortify just places of you know, the, the top five positions, right. Quarterback, you got that one. Now you got left tackle, you know, edge rusher corner and, and wide receiver, those five, you can, you can change a little bit of the order edge rusher over left tackle or corner over wide receiver. You can switch the order of those two, but that's roughly how it works. And, you know, being able to add depth to any of those five positions, those four marquee positions other than quarterback, because it's probably not necessary to do that quarterback right now, but, you know, keeping that young and having rotations, like, I think the thing we're going to see going forward is going to be more rotating of O lines, just in general, like a trend I think is coming because you already see D lines ro- rotating quite a bit. And as you see this defensive fronts rotating, well, O lines, you know, it has long been considered not like not a luxury to rotate your own line. That's like a problem. I actually think that the opposite might be true. I think you're you're going to be able to start seeing maybe not your left tackle or your right tackle, but rotate in the guards, switch a little bit. You know, make it make it so that you're you're not necessarily like after really long drives. Then the next series, you have some fresh legs out there to keep your quarterback with at least one, two, 2.5 seconds or more to to have behind the line because you see what your guy can do when he's got just a teeny weeny bit of time magic. So I think that's just something that, you know, that's more of an overall thing. It's not necessarily for the bills because the bills have the luxury of being able to play chess, right? They, they can, they can move across the board if there's someone they really like in a position or they don't need anything. So they could take best available and try to reinforce a depth. I'm sure their board is structured in a way that reflects both because, you know, it's, it's always fun to like, you know, if, if you know, maybe like those people that have dolphins uh, down there, like they, they maybe want this piece. Maybe you just kind of snag that running back that they liked and might as well, you know? So it's always, it's always fun to just kind of play a little, play a little chess with people.
0: I like that plain old chess. We'll see if the bills get the opportunity to do that at number 30. If there's anybody that's still hot on the board, that's fallen to them uh, that late in the first round. But what position do you think the bills should go after in the first round or, or who are some prospects that you think could fit on this team that'll still be available by the time number 30 comes
1: defensive front. I think you'll get an edge rusher or maybe even Christian Barmore, which would be defensive tackle. He is nasty. If I love he him. lasts If he lasts that long, that would be great. Um, the, the bills are sitting pretty because the developmental guys fit well with the scheme that they already have, meaning they're not going to be asked to do everything from day one. So that would be a really nice way to add depth. Like the, you know, Gregory Rousseau is easy. Quiddy pay one of those edge rushers that has a lot of, has a lot of upside. Um, you could also look maybe, maybe, um, you know, I'm hearing Elijah Vera Tucker will not last that long. He's a guard at USD, but, you know, you could potentially, yeah, there's always, like I said, it, just stay in the trenches. I think if they're going to pick at 30, then they, they should stay trenches one side or the other and kind of be flexible to take the best available one there. Because there are a number of good tackles. There, this is a strong tackle class, and then the 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 edge prospects are pretty good too. But one thing to keep in mind is, you know, in that first round, you do get the extra, the fifth rookie year on your deal, mm-hmm. so um, that you know the teams get an extra year of rookie salary base. So it might be advantageous, depending on, you know, obviously tackles get paid a lot, but really good edge rushers they get paid a whole lot. So it might be smart to kind of target an edge rusher because though that's kind of one of the salary points that is pretty high. Same with left tackles, but sometimes you can, you can finagle that one a little more edge rushers. That market seems to be.
0: high. Yeah, really. And that fifth year option that you speak about, I mean, Brandon Bean held a press conference last week, and and he was like, hey, I'm going to be open to anything. I'll be open to staying at 30. I'll be open to moving up if we can. I'll be open to trading out of the first round if teams are calling because that fifth-year option could be attractive to some teams that maybe want to chase a a quarterback quarterback. who could be Mm -hmm. going later. So, And especially if there's a lot of edge rushers still on the board at 30 and you think, hey, I could trade out of the first round and, and get one of these guys a little bit higher in the second round so um where is your mind at in that with like the possibilities that the bills have to move around whether it's up or down in that first round
1: I would be surprised if they move too far up just because it doesn't seem worth it to get rid of any equity draft equity later. I mean, maybe like a position or two, maybe if they really thought, but they, since they don't need a lot of things, right? Like the, they don't need a wide receiver. I think there should, there could be a run on wide wide out sort of later. I think that with the, with the Ravens picking at 31, obviously they gave up the um, they're picking at 27 and 31. So they're obviously for, for Orlando Brown going to the chiefs, they took the chiefs mm-hmm. pick at 31. That could, that could make things interesting for the, for the bills in terms of a team trying to leapfrog, because I think people are looking at 31 and being like the Ravens want to trade to get someone in for that quarterback purpose. So if another team thought, Oh, hmm, I can't make a deal with the Ravens. Maybe I'll go try to make a deal with the bills to hop up to get that to fifth-year option for a quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised, even if a team like the Falcons made – and they there obviously would, wouldn't be a huge jump from the top of the second because they're picking, you know, fourth, so then they're picking 36th. So that they could come back up those six slots because they probably eventually are going to need to replace Matt Ryan. Um, but, you know, it's, it, I, I wouldn't advise them to do it with the number four pick but um, because they have a lot of needs. But, you know, I, I think maybe hopping back up for like a – You know, I'm hearing a lot of things about Davis Mills and Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond. I have my own theories on that, but it is smart to take a, to take a shot And the Raiders, by the way, the Raiders could be moving, but they, the Raiders have, they have, I think two picks like 79 and 80 are both their picks. So they could use one of those to get back up into the end of the, and they need to, they're always talking Mm -hmm. about quarterbacks and they also do illogical things in the draft. So great. If the bills can be the beneficiary of their like lack of logic, then that's great. Like, why not?
0: Yes, I feel like every year there's one pick where the Raiders have, it and you're like, hmm. So how? What, what was what? What happened? What was the thinking on that one? It's always very interesting. You know, it's like
1: since the beginning of time, right? Like the Raiders, the Raiders mess it up. I do a probability board, like who will be available at a specific position, and the Raiders always mess me up because they're always they're. It's like wh- like they put names in a hat, shake it around, and pick one, and they're like, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like <laughs> this is it. This is who we're picking. <laughs> so
0: going into day two, the bills have a second round and a third round pick. And when you look at the depth in this year's draft and, and I did an article on it and you were, you were a part of the article that just got released. And we spoke about the depth in this year's draft. I mean, where do you think the depth lives in this year's draft? And, and how do you think that could play into Buffalo's day two options?
1: Yeah, I think receiver is a good area of depth just overall. I think this is a strong um, offensive line class in terms of depth. Um, I think there are really – there's a lot of corners here too that are are really nice and some are some scheme fit quarters uh, and your, your team does a great job of identifying those. So because – and I do think there's, I think there's some good set, If you're talking second and third round, I do think there's some good running back value there. I understand that's not like the sexiest thing and I'm an analytics person. So I don't always love picking running backs, but there's some good, there's some good opportunities there. I think probably I, if, like I said, bills keep it in the trenches or maybe pick one of those corners. If I, if, if by Friday you have defensive offensive linemen of some sort, right. And, and, and a corner like bills fans would be pretty stoked.
0: I think they really would and I love that the the fan base this year I feel like understands like okay number 30 number 61 number 93 they don't need to be the sexiest picks because we know we're not that far away from making it to the Super Bowl and if you're going to draft an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman in the first and second round like go for it because if that's what this team needs to get over the hump then then that's great it doesn't need to be a flashy wide receiver or another flashy position It, it can be in the trenches because the trenches are super important but But with the scouting department and this coaching staff, I mean, you look at how this coaching staff, when I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills, has been able to develop some of these players. How do you see that playing into the draft? And maybe the Bills kind of not necessarily rolling the dice on a player, but choosing someone or drafting someone who is more of a raw talent and and knowing that the coaching department, the coaching staff is there to develop this guy and they have been successful in doing that in the past
1: i like how so teams that win more often they have what would be like look it's a bell curve like anything else the more average players you you have to have average players it's just the law it's the way the world works right but your average players especially because we have a cap and a floor we can't buy a team like the yankees they bought they would buy things right so you you have to have the the average in your system have to perform at above average levels and that's where your coaching staff in front office they've gotten that right because on some other teams they there are some some scheme fits or some use use fits and snap count fits that wouldn't make sense for for their scheme for what they're trying to do so what what i think the bills do really well is between roti- like the everything with the defense obviously that's where the coaches. but the one that really surprised me was how good they are at picking wide receivers that fit what they're trying to do and picking like, because, you know, Sean McDermott, you think defense, you know, you think obviously. Right. So, and, and he has proven that like the, the corners make sense. The, the middle of the defense makes sense. I, I almost don't even want to call people safeties because uh, they're, they're so versatile that it's, it's weird to just call them one position safety ish linebacker corneries. How about that? That's their new names. So, I love right? it. Like, it, so, but being able to have that vision, you kind of expect that for defense. The thing that's interesting, there are a lot of developmental wide receivers in this draft that could be really helpful for the bills that aren't going to be super sexy, but you saw it last year with your rookie. So it's our rookie. I'm, I'm a fan. So with our, like rookie. It, yeah, right. Perfect. So, but you know, it's, it, it helps when you have Stefan Diggs, but it also helps when you have Cole Beasley and it also helps when you can figure out like this dynamic between the two, because maybe tight end is in a position that has been really past catching prowess. Right. So, Maybe one of those situations where I, I think that the the sum of the parts, like what they get from it, is better, is more, is is more than the sum of the parts. So I wouldn't be surprised if you found there's a bunch of wide receivers that they went to smaller schools, or you don't, you know, they're not ho- household names by any stretch of the imagination. If you get some of those guys, would be great, even. And that you may be like, well, but you know, what's the fit? Whatever. Nope. I, I would trust them on that one for sure. Like, absolutely.
0: I like that. I know this team is loaded up with wide receivers and we just grabbed Emmanuel Sanders in free agency and Gabriel Davis, the rookie for us, had our rookie. A, I mean, he had a sensational first season and and learn how to play more than one position as a wide receiver. They tasked him with learning every single position and we saw him move about the field and move around the field and and do it with a way where you thought, okay, this kid knows the playbook. He knows the entire playbook. He gets it. His ceiling is so high and they got him not in this first, second or third round. This was, this was someone that they got later on. And so I would love to see another wide receiver pop up on this team. I mean, load up that position because that's what worked for the Buffalo bills this past year. And that's, what's going to work going forward. That's Josh Allen's game. We know it's going to be a passing game. Yes, you're going to have to use the run once in a while. You're going to have to use it to set up the pass. You're going to have to be able to go to the run. But the passing game is where this team, it's their bread and butter. It's where they succeed. It's how they win games. And to have more threats, more weapons at wide receiver is just going to help them accomplish that goal even more. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, I know you said corner, linebacker, safety, players who can kind of move around, you know, there's this whole, um, defense, like this whole positionless player, um, in, in the defense or, or for defense that we're seeing now, um, become more popular in the NFL because of prospects and players that are coming out of college football who can rotate between positions and, and have a body type and the physical traits and the talent to be able to do that. I know you spoke before with me about the specialty linebackers in this year's draft class. How do you see maybe one of those guys fitting on this team? If if it's a day two pick or a day three pick, depending on where the, where the depth lives for these types of players, but I guess just more positionless defenders. How do you see someone like that fitting on this Sean McDermott defense who, I mean, I think it would be a great thing for this defense. And we already have kind of players like that who can move around and, and can flip from from nickel corner to corner to, to you know, wherever you want to place them. And I think more of them could just help this defense grow even more.
1: You got to also think about in the context of what's going to happen in your division, because you play them the most, right? So when you look to see like, all right, well, when I'm playing the Dolphins right now, they don't have a, their run game is not, um, uh, a shining point in their career in their, in their team right now. It's not, so it's not as, it's not a strength, right? The jets, not a strength, right? No. Not a strength of their team. Right. And then you also, you have to look at the Patriots. They can run they the, the Patriots are always a little scary and dangerous. And Cam Newton's obviously very strong on his feet. And that's who the presumable starter is now, but the they're, they're going to figure out something to do with the passing, but it, this game is moving to passing, right? So first down, you see the percentage of passes on first down has increased every year for the past three. We're seeing the most passing on first down, meaning the down where you don't know that's the trickiest down you can run or you can pass on first down. And since we're seeing an uptick in that really, what you need to do is figure out a way to be really like loaded and, and locked against, against the, against the pass, especially on, unobvious passing downs. So being able to create that scheme, that there's a number of these, like, I'm going to call them interesting linebackers, like the Zayvon Collins, the you know, the, the, I don't think that uh, Micah, Micah Parsons will be available and that is just, it just, I think he'll be, he'll be gone by way before the um, the Jamin Davis out of Kentucky, like really long, like, like, I don't think he'll be available either. So, you know, you start to look at kind of a little further back, there's a guy, he plays at the Ohio state university, his name is Pete Werner,
0: good old
1: Pete, like. He doesn't have the sexiest film. And this isn't because I'm from Michigan as a house. Like (laughs) Pete, I want to play with Pete. You know why? Because every, Pete can stop the run. He can stop the pass. He's he's not like perfect, but he's solid. He is just solid. And so a guy like that could be really useful because of the floor for him is so high. You know, he's not going to be doing these crazy, like he's not um, Darius Leonard running. Like, you know, he's not going to get there across. He's not going to sideline to sideline in like three seconds flat. That's just not his game. But th- like you talk about who's a bill, Pete Werner is a bill. Pete Werner is definitely a bill. So that kind of thing could be an interesting one too, but I don't think it'll be the first, like, you know, it's gotta be a, a right. little bit, add some depth, a little lower.
0: Yeah, interesting. I like that. And one thing, I mean, when you're talking about what what the division adds, I mean, you look at the Patriots, they added a bunch of tight ends in free agency, some big name tight ends. And the Bills struggled with covering a tight end last season. They had the most tight end yards allowed. And, and that's something that Matt Milano. Pete's not going to
1: let that happen. Pete's not going to let that happen. Come on, Pete, come on to the Pete, team. You know?
0: And Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer are guys who would line up against the tight end. Matt Milano was injured for a good part of the season last year. And so they didn't have someone who could go in and and be that guy who could, who could drop into coverage and run with, run with a tight end when you needed someone to, because we played against some teams who had some really dang good tight ends. And that's where they would run up the scoreboard and run up the stats on us was, was those big plays or, or those chunk plays to tight ends who could just move the ball down the field and pick up first down. So yeah, I definitely, Definitely think some defensive players to add in that area could, could help this team, of course. And, you know, the defensive front, like you already added, we can always have, more players at that position, because you look at Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, those are players who are getting older and, and players who uh, their contracts are coming up with the Buffalo Bills soon. So you look at, at contracts too. And okay, how long are these players going to be on the team? Are, are we resigning them? Maybe, maybe not. So do you want to add some guys in that area? who may be cheaper because by the way, Josh Allen is going to get a contract extension at some point, And that's going to be a pretty, pretty penny.
1: I mean, yeah, it should be. It should be. So.
0: When you look at the draft, just overall, not, not looking at the Buffalo bills because i I mean, there could be some surprises at number 30 in the first round, right. Based on like who fans think, you know, could, could get drafted to Buffalo or, or, you know, what the mock drafts has said over, over the last couple months, which by the way, Travis oh,
1: mock drafts. Don't put has much been mocked
0: that. to us the most. I've tracked over 140 mock drafts since January and Travis ETN is the name that has been mocked to Buffalo the most. And there's some people who really love Travis ETN. Um, but I, I mean, some fans are probably like, ETN's got to come to Buffalo. He's, you know, I really like him, but um, it'll. So fans have, you know, I want this player, I want that player. He he will or he will not come to Buffalo. But I see you shaking your head at ETN to Buffalo. Give me the lowdown in your mind. Well,
1: to be honest with you, first off, ETN means Stephen in French. Just in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> number two, <laughs> um, I don't know why I know uh, that, amazing. but amazing as Travis Stephen. So. Um, I think sometimes with mock drafts, especially like early ones, like in January, sometimes, especially when you get down to number 30, people cheat off each other's tests. Not me, but I think, Mm. so think just you know, just to just keep that in mind, not to say ETN isn't great, but I think that, I think it'd be very, very hard for the bills to pass up on, Oh, you know, an edge rusher that's really good at that position. So, and I think there will be one or two available. So, I don't know if I think the the value for running back there when you got Josh Allen and those legs, I
0: don't know. Not my You're thing. Don't do it. Don't do it, Brandon. Don't even Go try. Don't even <laughs> Pick try. Pick up an edge rusher. But beyond the surprises that could happen at number 30, what what surprises do you think could happen in the first round? Uh, when you look at where some teams are picking, when you look at what the heck the 49ers may do, when you look at how far maybe some big name players could fall, what are what are some surprises that that you wouldn't be shocked by if, if some things happened?
1: Number one, I don't think there's any way that the Niners are taking either Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I think it is Justin Fields. I think that's still a smokescreen. I don't believe any of these rumors. Number two, I don't think Julio Jones is leaving the Falcons. I think that's a smokescreen too, because I think people are like, Oh, I want Kyle Pitts. I'm gonna have to trade up to get the Falcons. to get ahead of the Bengals because the Bengals are taking, they all want trade equity because the Falcons are a lot of players away from being good, especially on defense. Number three, I don't think the Patriots take a quarterback. Now, if they do, Maybe it's a trade with Jimmy for Jimmy Garoppolo back with the, with the Niners. And I think they're, you know, trying to erode the value they'd have to pay for that trade because come draft day, like, you know, Jimmy's going to be like this redundant factor. And what are you going to get for him? Probably not a first, probably not a second, you know, like, what do you, what could you get for him then? That's interesting. So I don't think the Patriots draft, him. I think the Raiders do something s- preposterous <laughs> again. That's not really surprising at all. Um, I think the lions mess it up again. Um, You know, that's how they roll. And um, who else? I think we see, I think we see the, I think we see a giant contract from Aaron Rodgers get signed before Thursday, like giant, a massive contract. And I think we see the Packers, like the, I think Aaron Rodgers becomes the highest paid quarterback ahead of the draft and the Packers move up a couple of spots to get a wide out for him.
0: Wow. I like That's this. All right. Let's see. If, let's see if it unfolds here beginning on Thursday night. Um, What is your gut feeling on the Buffalo bills and what they can do this season, knowing what the AFC East looks like, knowing, you know, uh, who, who's the Patriots quarterback going to be? Are they going to be a talented team this year? Does all the money they've, through into free agency, is that gonna translate onto the field? I mean, are the Jets going to be able to win more games nope. that supposedly Zach Wilson nope. when when they need so that, much but- other help? <laughs> Is Tua the guy? Are they going to be able to find weapons to put around him that make him be a quarterback in the NFL that that can play long term? I mean, there's so many things that are up in the air in the AFC East right now. And thankfully, the Buffalo Bills are pretty dang solid in a lot of areas. So what's your gut feeling on, on what the Bills can do and can accomplish this year?
1: Think that um, I'm gonna go buy some snow pants. I live in Southern California now, and I am weak when it comes to being cold. I don't like being cold, not one bit. Um, but I'm gonna go buy some snow pants because I expect I expect uh, a, maybe my first tailgate will be in January in uh, Orchard Park. Just saying, maybe my Let's first sales tailgate.
0: I love it. Come on, you're you're invited. It's going Perfect. to be freezing. Um, Great. You're gonna That's need all about snow, pants snow pants now. Like Get the said. sale. Get you're the sale over. right
1: now. The end of your sale from now, so that next January I'll have them.
0: Yeah, get the snow pants um, that you have batteries in them that are heated snow pants, Perfect. Um, everything, some really nice boots. You got to get uh, the hot, the hot, warmer hands and, and for your feet. So Perfect. come on out to Highmark Stadium because it's going to be a fun season for this team. And hopefully by January or whenever we can have a lot of fans in the stands and it can be, you know, one big party like it was in 2019.
1: Very exciting.
0: Cynthia thank you so much for taking the time to be on the pod and explain all of these prospects and kind of lay out this NFL draft for us I mean there's so much to anticipate so much to expect but so much that is unexpected that that is going to happen as you know. We are on the clock with number one overall, and we go on from there and, and everything that can happen over Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So thank you for your expertise, especially with the analytics. Uh, love getting to read everything that you put out there uh, and helping us people who, who aren't the mathletes like you are uh, feel like we know some stuff when it comes to numbers. <laughs>
1: Perfect. You can know all the stuff and I'm glad, you know, I'll tell all my Bills fan my fellow Bills fans yes. any path they want to know whenever they want.
0: Heck yeah, guys. That was Cynthia Freeland, your Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills fan, Buffalo Bills export, Bills mafia (laughs) fan, everything, you know, everything surrounding the Bills. Uh, To all who are joining in, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bills Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery. Stick with us because we'll be back later in the week with Bills owner and president Kim Pagula and one of your newest Buffalo Bills.